I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. I did see people post those box squares and I'm like, you never came to my aid on issues I had. You consistently were just undermining me in situations. And I believe you posting this is extremely inauthentic. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would really love to hear what you think. Last episode, we talked about three things that you should know before you create your content with Janessa McKenzie, business mindset coach, brand strategist, and host of the Elevated Entrepreneur podcast. So if you haven't listened to episode 12 yet, you may want to check that out after this episode. Mm-hmm. And so for this episode, number 13, we're going to be speaking with Alexa Johnson. She's a blogger, influencer, and digital manager for a PR company. We're going to chat with her about her experience in the advertising industry as a Black woman, and she will share her insights on the Black Lives Matter movement in her industry, as well as how to handle it on social media. It's going to be a great conversation, but before we go any further, let's take care of first important part mm-hmm. of business. What are you drinking? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm keeping it non-alcoholic today with just the coffee. I need a little bit of extra boost with everything mm-hmm. in life and just feeling like Groundhog Day. I mean. I know. I know. The coffee it, is much, much needed. We all need a little extra boost. You know, I people may not know that. I have a real problem with caffeine and coffee. Mm-hmm. Even decaf can give me a headache. I know. It's so strange. I know. It, and you know what? I gave it to my mom because when she was pregnant with me, all of a sudden, mm. she couldn't drink. Yeah. It's actually through through that. So um, That is so interesting. It's weird. It's weird. And probably some doctor is going to listen or, you know, hopefully listen to this and be like, um, that's not actually a thing. But <laughs> It kind of is. Um, so I have been loving tea cocktails lately. So because tea doesn't affect me as much yeah. and I've come to rely on it kind of for everything. It calms my stomach when I'm not feeling well, gives me energy, which I am in need of that extra boost, just like you, Jesse. Um, I know. But you I can know. make amazing cocktails with tea. So just I am Google, Google it. That. Yeah. And uh, for all of our listeners, you'll see what I'm talking about. Some of them are really pretty. Um, yeah, we so. like pretty, pretty. It does like, take a, it does take a little bit extra effort than like just the coffee, but yeah, to make it pretty. But that's okay. Well, why not? Why not? Um, so usually we take the time to share some of our own insights about the show's topic that we're going to be jumping into, but we really feel like it would be best if we just let the interview uh, speak for itself with Alexa. Alexa runs the affordable fashion lifestyle blog, Alexa M. Johnson. And when she's not blogging, she works as a digital manager at a PR company. And then last summer, during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, she wrote an article for Darlin Magazine entitled, My Experience in the Advertising Industry as a Black Woman. It was a really uh, great read. And we would like to say that we know there is a lot of ground to cover on this topic. And Mm -hmm. while we could have spoken to Alexa for hours, um, and we actually spoke with her for an hour, we tried to get in with as much as we could um, without taking up too much of her time. With this interview, we wanted to draw attention to this issue as it is so important. There was and continues to be so much content created around the movement, which of course is the focus of this podcast, content creation. But we also wanted to discuss the road ahead and how we can all do better because we believe that not only can we do better, but that we have to do better going forward. Mm -hmm. 
We hope you will take our good intentions to heart as you listen, and we would welcome any comments through our email, cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. But for now, let's listen to what Alexa had to say. All right. We would like to welcome to the podcast Alexa M. Johnson of AlexaMJ.com on Instagram. She is an influencer. She also works in the advertising industry. And today we're going to talk with her about her experience as an African-American, a black woman uh, in the advertising industry, as well as in the influencer sphere. So Alexa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. This is so fun. Well, we're excited to have you because this is such an important conversation. But first off, before we get into it, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. I'm so excited. Gorgeous ring. Gorgeous ring for a gorgeous girl. And uh, in the year, honestly, the year has been mm -hmm. so I was like, you know, I need some I need some light and happiness. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a positive. That's a positive note to end on. Yeah. Any wedding plans yet? To be honest, I think I might wait till next year because everyone switched their weddings to this year. So I don't even think I can find anything. Yeah. Um, but in general, Enjoy being engaged. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. actually, Jesse and I have two different stories. Like I, t- I was engaged for like a year and a half. And I think, Jesse, you were engaged for less than a year before you got married. Yeah. So, well, we did the Vegas thing. So oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, we not like, in front of Elvis, but I was not into have, wedding planning. They have the Taco Bell Cantina you can get married at now. I mean, See, I, I love Taco Bell. I should have done that. <laughs> I also love Taco Bell. So <laughs> it's like a weird thing. I'm like, I have a secret obsession with it. And there's people out there that have never had Taco Bell. Really? There are a few. I mean, I get it. It's not the healthiest thing, but whatever. I've never have not had the- it. Yeah. I I haven't had much of it in my life. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think it might be a, an air. I don't know, an area. If I thing, see but. one, I'm like turning around. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to get some tacos. <laughs> I don't even know one around us. So, oh my God. Well, spe- so speaking, oh, Sagas. Okay. Well, speaking of, um, you know, food and everything, this is cocktails and content creation to start off, you know, what are you drinking? Is it champagne to celebrate the engagement or? I think I'm all champagne out from uh weekend of Christmas. I was drinking a lot because I had time off and I was like, let me just have some wine, champagne, anything. <laughs> Relax, um, take it easy. <laughs> But it's uh, it's the morning, so I, I normally go to Dunkin' and get cold brew with oat milk. So, um, Ooh, I've heard their oat milk is good. Oh, fantastic. I mean, I try to do Starbucks. I have a gift card for from ha- Halloween, from Christmas, but it's just so difficult to order from Starbucks. Like, I just, I get, <laughs> it, you have to get fancy. overwhelmed. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like getting fancy with the spices. Uh, I know. I know. So, Alexa, as you know, as I was introducing you, I realized there's so much that you do. Can you tell us a little bit about about that and how you kind of got into everything that you're working on right now? Oh my God. Well, I mean, it's so funny. My my journey just to where I am now was so crazy. So I started in advertising when I graduated from high school. High school. What's going on with me? College. I went to school for advertising. So I knew I wanted to be in that field. And my first job out of school, I was actually a front desk person at Mullen, which is one of the biggest um, advertising agencies in Boston. Mm -hmm. And I slowly worked my way up from front desk to an assistant account executive in less than a year, which was one of my goals. But being there, it made me realize like, I don't have any interest in being on the account side, which is working directly with the clients, just doing a lot of data entry, all that kind of boring stuff. And that's actually where I met my now fiance. And he encouraged me to start my blog. He's like, you love to shop and write. Why don't you 
like create this blog. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Instagram was just like taking off. So Mm -hmm. it was like really rough feed, but he takes all my photos. He edits all this stuff. So I've been doing that since 2014. And it took me a long time to realize I want to get into social. So uh, I'm at my current place now. I'm a digital manager and I basically work on like social media and paid campaigns for a bunch of national and global clients. And it's fun because it's easy because I I'm, am an influencer and I work with influencers and advertising and social. So it's kind of just a natural transition for me. And I, I like it. So it's nice to do something you like every day. And tell us a little bit about AlexaMJ.com. Like, so you got started around 2014. Mm-hmm. What is, so I know you post a lot about fashion. I noticed a lot of the holidays. It was a lot of food, which <laughs> delicious looking, by the yeah. way. What, tell us a little bit about what you like to focus on there. Yeah. My goal was affordable fashion. I mean, I love Marshalls, TJ Maxx. Um, Same. If I'm in like Kmart or Sears, they're not even open anymore, I think, but I will always find something on sale. Like that's my goal. And I just like to look really good for less. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be one of those influencers. It's like, buy this Gucci belt. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend money on Gucci belt. It's never going to happen. Um, I mean, everything I'm wearing right now is actually from TJ Maxx. So I'm like, I'm just revving my affordable fashion lifestyle. It's just, you know, it's just, it was just me. So it was just something really um, comfortable for me to write about. And people really started to appreciate it. And I was like, wow, this is weird. People like what I'm saying. Um, but I will say in the beginning, it was very hard for me to find my voice because I was felt like I needed to be something I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I was just like, you know what? I don't care if you don't like what I'm saying or if you do like what I'm saying, I, I need to be authentic. And I, that was a really big thing in the last few years, people just not being authentic and being who they are. And you'll see that the last few years, especially with like what we're going to talk about, the Black Lives Matter movement is yeah. people are now being open about things. And it's definitely it's been a weird time, but I think it's, it's nice to see who's actually a real person in this very, very weird influencer world. You know, I'm on your Instagram now. And I have to say, like, I love all your outfits and this resonates a lot with me because I am like the cheapest person on the face of the planet. Like buying anything is like, like this sweater is probably like, I don't know, three years old or something now. Like, but I love all your outfits. Like they are so much, so colorful on here and everything. Well, I, I I just love shopping too. It's just fun. It's a nice little stress relief for me. And I also give a lot of my clothes to Goodwill and Savers. Like I donate Mm. everything there anymore. So it's like, I'm, I'm giving it to somebody else. So it's like, I feel, I feel great about that aspect too. It's like, I'm not just going to be one of those people that throws out my stuff. I feel like I cringe when I do that, unless it's yeah. really bad and it's ripped, I will throw it out, but I will donate it. I think, you know, you touched on something before you were saying about how it was, you know, hard to find your voice. And I think, I think a lot of influencers deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to find that authenticity. And, you know, we've met a couple of times and I've always thought you are one of the realest influencers that I've met, like very just, you know, engaging. And, but I have to ask, like, just to get really down into it, do you think part of the reason why it was difficult to find your voice and why, you know, maybe people were finding it hard to accept you once you kind of did is because you're a black woman trying Mm -hmm. to make it in what is a white dominated field, truthfully? Um, See, this is, this is great that I also work in this field because it's, I can tie this. You have together. both, you have both perspectives oh here. So, um, yes, I did find it difficult because I felt like I needed to 
talk about items or products I'd never used that's not related to me. I felt like if I talked about my natural hair, like I wouldn't be booked for campaigns or like things like yeah. that. Because I mean, I've only been natural for five years, but I felt a lot of insecurity about that because it's like, what if people don't accept me? And then no one, no one cares. But what I realized working in advertising is that they're still learning that they're a lot of people don't realize they're not booking people of color for for like uh, campaigns. And that's, it was, it's always weird to me because they would turn to me to be the voice of reason. And it's like, okay, I'm not just because I'm one of the only black person, like black people at your agency, I'm not going to be the voice for all black people. That's not, that's not how this works. You're not the token <laughs> black person. And I'm not the spokesperson. If no. you're just realizing you don't have enough people of color in your campaign, then that's an issue that you have to deal with. You need to work with people. You see how the Black Lives Matter matters movement has evolved. And if we had influencers reaching out to us, it's like, if you don't work with people of color, we're no longer working with you. And wow. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I started working here, I'm like, we need to add more people of color to this roster. Even if it's not people of color, we need to start working with more men at least because I mean, especially with like one of my, um, one of my brands is a lot of like male, um, like single dads out there. And it's like, we have, we have like this target that we need to be hitting as well. So it's like, I come with this. I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, it's different. It's like, there's a lot of single mothers, but it's also like a lot of single fathers. So it's like, we we don't have this, this audience we could be reaching, but it's like, it was just, it was mind blowing to me that we we're working with people that didn't realize they weren't working with people of color. And I'm like, this is a huge issue. Like we don't need to have zoom meetings talking about diversity. We need to just like keep it real and be like, this is, these are the people you need to work with moving into 2021. And if places I work with don't align with those values, I'm not going to work there. And I feel like the place I'm at now is definitely evolving and taking those steps to do that. And I mean, obviously not every brand is going to be that way because either they're run by really old white men and they just don't care. And that's yep. just what it is in this industry. Um, it's just, I, it's kind of like you have to work with who you have. And I'm, like you said, I'm one of those people, like I'm not afraid to say what's wrong. I'll, I'll take you in a room and talk to you one-on-one about the issues I'm having and how we need to change that. If you don't like it and if you want to fire me, that's fine. I'll go on unemployment and do my thing. But I spoke my mind about it. So with that in mind, I feel like it, it kind of has to come from like the top down. So, I mean, it's like you were, you're not, you're not, you're not here. You're, you're like here, but you're trying yeah. to like funnel that up so it can get funneled back down. Yeah, exactly. Like I can say my piece and say who we want to work with, but if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. I can't do anything about that. Right. And that just really frustrates me and why I kind of just wanted to be an influencer or start my own business because mm-hmm. like I'm tired of like explaining those things like I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to just be like we need to work with black people no you need to be working with people of color this shouldn't be an issue like this should be a natural transition for you to work with people of color and Mm -hmm. if that's something that's second nature to you then you just you know you need to just educate yourself read a book go online I mean it's like (laughs) the things are happening right now and you just got to figure it out well, it is it is interesting because when you watch a tell you know when you watch TV or even when you see ads on the sides of uh, on the side of Facebook, if you're actually using the Facebook website and not on your phone, a yes. lot of ads are me and most of I would say ninety percent of what I see, and it could be because I am white, mm-hmm. are ge- geared towards white people. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a lot of you know advertising to people of color. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's another thing that I do when I'm putting up like paid ads and everything. I'm in charge of all the images that you see. I'm in charge of all the text that you're reading and the ads that you're clicking. 
So that's a personal choice for someone not to use images with a person of color, or it's like someone writing it a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something that, I mean, agencies need to work on with their people in general. I mean, I think that's just something that needs to happen in the next few years, or you're going to start realizing a lot of these brands are going to take things in house and they're no longer going to just work with people who can't get it and be on board. The, um, the influencer world is new to me. So I'm a photographer and I work mainly with uh, women entrepreneurs. And so I'm not an influencer. So I guess for me, how, how do we sort of elevate like the, the black influencer world and how do like, is it that they're just not being found? Is it that people are sort of turning that blind eye and say like, they're just automatically gravitating towards like the white influencer? Like how, yeah. how, how in your, in your experience, how can, how, how does that happen? How do people start making it a non-issue and just pulling from a pool of black and white equally, I guess. Yeah. So there's two things here. I mean, it's been great that people are sharing people of color and influencers that brands should be working with on Instagram. I know you guys saw that a lot. It's like, these are the people I'm highlighting each week. And that's great because you're finding new audience members and new followers and stuff like that. And that's mm. cool. But then on the side I work on and advertising, we get a brief about the specific people they're looking for the age group, color. I mean, it hasn't been that way, but it, you can see that it's the description of the people they want to work with. So mm-hmm. when they're looking for those influencers, these are the people they need to hit. So either way, if you're sharing my profile for brands that need to work with me, it doesn't mean they're going to work with me because this is what they're looking for. And this is the amount of budget that they have for this campaign. And these are the people and audiences they want to hit because it's, it's a target. Like each brand, I mean, they have a specific audience and that's who they want to relate to. So it's just, it's going to be their personal choice, whether or not they want to expand to expand to work with more um, people of color. And um, like I said, that's just something that me in my position, I need to educate them on because if they're not going to make that change, then it's going to, it's going to affect their business. Um, But I mean, that's something I really do take seriously when we get briefs from clients. It's like, we need to, we need to weave this in. It's not going to work. And this is why it's not going to work. And I'm providing all the details about that. And like I said before, it's, if they're not going to take that advice, they're not going to take it, but at least I said it and it makes yeah. me feel really good that I actually just speak up about it. So, you know, it's funny that you should, you should talk about, um, the specifications that you get. So, um, one of our favorite movies that we watched during Christmas is, um, it's a wonderful life. And there's a scene in it that, um, you know, the business is, clo- it's, this is going to sound out of left field. The business is, clo- is going to be closing. And, um, the, the woman, the receptionist, she goes, Oh, here it is. Help wanted female. And she's looking at an ad and I was sitting there with my husband and I was like, Oh, isn't that funny that they used to do that? And of course they don't do it anymore. Yeah. But then I think of what you, with what you just said, I think about it and you know, I'll get emails cause I am on the influencer side. I'll get emails where it's like wanted influencers age, you know, 25 to 34 and I'm getting on the other end of the 34, but, um, you know, wanted, you know, female influencers, 20, 25 to 34 it's not even something that kind of clicked with me. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll get one that specifically says, you know, um, woman of color, person, you know, person of color, because it's specifically like a hair product or something that's for, you know, women of color. That it's just, that's kind of mind blowing that that's still happening. Yeah. And it's not even something I picked up on until you just said it, you know, and now, so you've, 
you're talking about what's happened in terms of the briefings that you get. You said in this interview with, uh, and we'll link to it in our show notes, in uh, not interview, but um, article uh, in Darlin um, yes. online, going back to social media and Black Lives Matter, the same coworkers who posted a black square for Black Lives Matter sat quietly as their black coworkers' voices were consistently shut down and pushed to the back. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> Like I said, I have I have a long, extensive work history that not wasn't all good. Right. Um, I mean, I also will admit to the fact that I was young. I didn't have much experience in some jobs. Maybe I didn't put enough effort in. I mean, it takes a lot for me to even admit that. From now to <laughs> almost thirty, like that's a big step for me. Um, but I did see people post those black squares, and I'm like, you never came to my aid on issues I had. You consistently were just undermining me in situations, and I believe you posting this is extremely inauthentic and they know I don't like them. I mean, I'm very respectful of the people in the workplace, but mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> if they ever try to, to contact me and talk to me about how they sympathize with what's going on and how I feel, I'd be like, this is a load of crap. Please don't ever contact me again. I just want you to be honest about yourself. I, I like to just keep it like a hundred percent real. I feel like that's yeah. just something that I, I've learned just in the last few months. I mean, I've even, I've gone to therapy too this year, which was really big for me. And that's helped Mm. me realize a lot of things I need to elevate about myself. And writing that article was very therapeutic for me because I just kind of let it all out without saying names or, or, or companies. But I feel like if they read it, they know, (laughs) they know. They knew who they are. They know what they did. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that it was, it was, it was a very eye-opening article without and you know you have an you have a way of doing things where you're honest but you're not in your face um so it was it it was for anyone who's interested in reading it it's it's a great read um very educational how have you seen social media in terms of influencers in terms of advertising you know advertising uh, you know some of the companies that you work with how have you seen social media kind of shift with the beginning of this Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the year, it's, it's, I spent hours adjusting content calendars for my clients, hours. Right. It just kind of happened out of nowhere. And everything I had, I was like, this is not, like, it's not PC. Like, we need to completely change everything that we're saying. We didn't have content on hand, so I needed to work with my team to just completely just revamp everything we had for assets. Um, that was hours spent, hours spent, but it was just, it was worth it because it it helped me realize like a lot of things, even if, even being a person of color, like sometimes I'm oblivious to things like we, we can be oblivious to things. And I mean, growing up the way I grew up, I will say I've had a very privileged life. Like I didn't have to experience a lot of things my parents went through when they grew up not having money. So therefore I can say that I am a privileged person of color but I also do experience things that people of color go through. So it's like, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but a lot of our content calendars had to change just with the voice of the content we were writing, the things we were posting. Um, but even if we did that and sent our recommendations, like, like we were talking about before, mm-hmm. I couldn't really take the step if they didn't want to do that or not. Because a lot of companies and brands didn't want to do that. They didn't want to acknowledge Black Lives Matter. They they didn't want to talk about donations because they just wasn't on brand for them. And I let them know if they don't you know if they don't do that, it's just not it's not going to be good. And you might lose influencers, you might lose partners. But hey, we told you we needed to make these changes, and it is what it is. 
a lot of people did make that shift and I was very happy that they did because everyone really loved that change that they were making. It was in the comments and it was in the replies and um, it's just, you know, it just, it just really depends. It's very hard to say, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, if I'm not in a position of like of a higher power at an agency that I'm at, I can't really force someone to do something because at the end of right. the day, they're paying us to do stuff. Like we, we work for them. Um, how did, so, and there might not be an, you know, as you said, you, you can't make them do anything in there. So there might not be an answer for this, but mm-hmm. you had said that some influencers actually came to your, your agency and said, if they don't start working with, you know, people of color, we're not going to work with you. Is it, do you think that if enough people, like what would happen with the Black Lives Matter movement with, you know, um, people standing up and, and going to rallies, even with wearing their masks and everything, do you think if enough people, if enough influencers came back at these companies and said, hey, no, we're not going to continue working with you if you don't start working with people of color, you don't start marketing or you don't start taking them into account. Do you think that there's actually a possibility of change or do you think there needs to be a, a shift of regime? Oh, no, I think they will be. Um, no one likes bad PR. So if, if you get that one big influencer or one big celebrity says anything about your brand and it comes out that you're not doing what they want you to do or being like a self-conscious company or just be aware of social justice issues, that will make you make a shift immediately because it will affect your 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 money. And everyone wants to make money, right? That's, <laughs> well, that's the most important thing, it seems like. I think a lot of it comes down to, to uh, you know, really understanding from like a company perspective what your values are as a company. And mm-hmm. maybe, uh, you know, I did an exercise for the educating arm of my business. So I'm also teach other photographers how to do brand photography. And I had to sort of think about what are the values that my company stands for. And I think that really sets the stage for how companies deliver their product, how they do their marketing, how they, you know, shine in in the spotlight or not shine for that matter. So I feel like enough people, if they made that, you know, commitment to say, hey, we're not working with you unless you work with people of color is is a great start. But then it like has to, fun- again, it, I feel like it has to sort of like become like natural. Like it just has yeah. to be part of like who you yeah. are as a yeah. brand and it not like it just to be one of those pillars. Like, okay, you want to give back to the earth is one of your pillars, but how about being just an all-inclusive company? Exactly. And what kills me about a lot of companies too is like, they think hiring a person of color in the diversity, diversity inclusion role is like enough, like enough, like pizzazz to like mix it up. And it's yeah. like oh, hiring this person definitely going to change it. It's like, no, like <laughs> you're hiring one uh, person of color as the head of diversity inclusion is not going to fix anything because therefore she also has to go in and fix a system that's not, it's broken. So therefore she's doing as much work um, just being there as that person um, and trying to hire out. And it's just, yeah. It's, just, it's weird to be honest. It's just, it's just a strange, it's a strange time. Um, yeah. It's just, I agree with you, Jesse. Yeah. I just <laughs> say, I just think it's like, it's one of those things. I mean, and, and you know, this coming from my perspective and I'm white, it's like, I, it's to me, it, the ultimate goal is just to have it be an, a non-issue, right? Like yeah. to where you don't have to say like, mm-hmm. Oh, we need to have a black woman in our, in our, you know, yeah. um, campaign to, to check a box. It should just yeah. be like, it should be a natural we thing. need a woman and let's have well, even, that. Like, even when like, what, like, even there still, like the fact that I need to just say that has to be a person of color. Like we've come so far from 
just segregation or like discrimination issues that we've experienced or even our parents like my parents have experienced like mm-hmm. it should be natural for you to want to include me in your family. exactly and exactly it's not it's it's strange that it's not um like say if it's a baby brand I, I can be a mother if it's a hair hair care brand you don't know what kind of hair products i used you didn't ask therefore right, right. you never figure out if i can be a right fit for your brand um what kills me is i saw this i have to talk about this there was a an oat milk brand that was doing a huge push nationally with a lot of influencers who were talking about living a dairy-free lifestyle and they don't. So like you're working with influencers who are not dairy-free, your whole campaign is inauthentic. So why even, why even spend the time working with these people just because they have a large following? Don't you want to connect with people that are actually dairy? Plant-based living is huge right now. That's a huge market you could be expanding to. Therefore you just didn't even want to try with that campaign. And then I still think about it because because my job, but I was just like, this is so- no. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's that totally makes sense because when you think about their followers, probably aren't diehard plant based. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even think that would be like beneficial to them because, and this is kind of going from, like off a marketing of the black, standpoint. Yeah, this is kind of going off the Black Lives Matter, but it makes sense in terms of like how we market towards you know different. Um, you know, communities. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that those large influencers who are not wearing, not living that dairy-free life, probably do not have the following that are also, you know, living the dairy-free life. Like you would be smarter to go to a, fo- a, a an influencer that has less followers but does like that mm-hmm. diehard plant-based life, and they probably have, you know, m- most of their followers also subscribe to that way of living. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I just hit the table. I was so frustrated yeah, with them. It was ridiculous. We can, also, we can also, like you said, tie it into just the Black Lives Matter movement. And like mm-hmm. you were talking about um, how it's just not natural for people to want to include people of color in those campaigns. Yeah. Um, I really, something I really want to do, like one, one day I just want to be the, the head of an agency that I'm at so I can just make these official changes and like put it into writing that this is like, it's just going to be natural for us. Like we need to hire yeah. people that, care about these issues we need to hire people that want to make changes like i no longer want to work with people who just want to do things like i want to make a difference i know people say that and it's so corny but that's that's my goal um i just want to be great at my job and i want people to enjoy the work i'm pushing out because at the end of the day those these clients are interacting with content i'm putting together so therefore like it reflects on me like i am their social media manager so it needs to reflect who i am as a person so I mean, if you go on like the accounts I work on, you'll see a lot of people of color. You'll see a lot of just men, women, anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's just going to be different because I, I, I'm going to know what works because not only am I in the influencer industry, I am one. And I just, I don't know, I like to mix it up. I like to. <laughs> no, I think it is, it is interesting that you say like, you know, ha- you have in some ways, I mean, you have that advantage where you can see it from both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've, you know, um, we actually had Natalie Mazzarelli, you know, Natalie yeah. on yeah, and, you know, great. yeah. Okay. Well, she, <laughs> she was really, she was a great interview. Um, but she was also talking about how, you know, she works in, you know, marketing and, and on that PR side. And so for her, it was, you know, it was the same situation that she started with her job and then she kind of moved into influencer, mm-hmm. you know, being an influencer because she saw what was going on yeah. and how it's kind of made her a better, you know, employee at her job because now she knows both yep. sides of it. Yeah. Um, 
looking at you know the black lives matter movement is is social media the you know the best way to educate people on that movement on the issues you know or is there a, is there a better way that we can be you know having this discussion um to and be that's honest, a big question i know no it's okay i i to be honest i don't think social is the right avenue for it and i have it's my personal opinion you don't have to people don't have to agree with me but I that's mean, what i'm asking for though that's you know. an instagram post or a story and it's long text you're not going to read that you're not going to interact with it you might like it and you might say something like like yeah girl i agree like that's crazy this and that but you're gonna log off and just go watch bravo or go watch vh1 make some dinner and not do anything because you're gonna forget because social is just so in and out you like you quickly forget about things to be honest yeah. uh, i feel like we're in a time where people just are are lazy they don't want to read um desensitized too yeah you know? the amount of people i i just know that don't want to even pick up a book anymore is just wild to me um um, or just talking to people with experiences in general. Um, I've learned so much from my parents and what they've gone through and just talking to other people who are older and have those experiences, um, which did not come from social. Like these are real life conversations. I'm one of those people that I need to talk to you to learn about you. And I'm a very visual, um, in-person type of learner. That's just who I am. And mm -hmm. I know I can learn best that way. And I will consistently research things and try to figure out more and just trying to get as much information as I can. Like we're in a generation where if you see something on Twitter, people think it's correct. And it's like, no, you didn't even bother to research that. You saw the tweet and you're like, this is, this is happening. This is wrong. This and that. Yeah. But it's, it turns out it can come from like my little cousin who's eight or something like that. And just sending out something crazy. Not everyone believes it. Um, or a president who we just got rid of that. God. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's just, I just feel like sometimes social is not the right avenue for a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to highlighting issues that we may not know about, it's it's perfect. Because, I mean, I I don't know what's happening all the time. Um, right. I don't know what protest is going on. I don't know, unfortunately, which makes me really sad, like, who who passed away today, who, like, did the, the cop shoot. Like, I don't – that's extremely depressing to me. Yeah. The thing is, it's like – I, I work nine to five. Sometimes I can't even, sometimes I, at the end of the day, I don't even want to be on my phone or my computer. So I, I guess sometimes I don't read things for the next day. Um, so I will say social is helpful in that aspect. I can keep up with that and I figure out what's happening. Um, but I just, you know, I just want, I just want people to learn and to have the, the willingness to like want to pick up a book or go to a library and like do things. I just, I don't know. I just love reading. So that's just me. Um, but I think that goes back to a lot of storytelling and I think integrating it. So I have a background in urban planning and design and a lot of the placemaking projects that we try to work on or, or achieve is, you know, creating spaces that tell the story. And to your point about like having conversations in real, like in, in person, you're, it's like, storytelling like real life what do they call it where it's like the you know you pass down tribal knowledge right yeah. you pass down like you said talking with your parents mm -hmm. and learning about their previous generation so hopefully mm -hmm. by like the next generation they'll learn about yeah. how the black lives movement yeah. matter uh movement mattered and made change so maybe in a few more generations yeah. we'll get to the point where it's just not a thing like you said yeah. like it's natural to just hi like hire a black woman hire a black man. Like yeah. it doesn't, 
you know what I mean? Where yeah. you don't have to say like, oh, we need to hire a black woman. Yeah. Like you just do. And it's extremely uncomfortable for me. Like I actually really dislike that. Um, the fact that we need to have like diversity meetings or just talk about hiring this amount of black people. And I'm like, um, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't feel like this needs to be something we need to highlight. Cause then well, then it just feels like it's quotas. Like yeah, you're just filling a quota. You're not actually caring about the issue. It's like, yeah. we have to do this to look good. Yeah. And then on a Zoom call, everyone's looking at me. I'm like, oh, please, <laughs> camera off. <laughs> like, yeah. leave me alone. Well, I think it also has to go, you know, I also had, you know, one of those moms who used to tell me, you know, all the things that used to happen. And she grew up and, you know, she, my, so my mom's on the older side mm-hmm. and she actually remembers being on a train she lived in the south for a while and she remembers being on a train that was segregated yes and you know she remembers she was actually in washington dc when um martin luther king jr was shot and she remembers you know trying to get home in that atmosphere and what was going on and you know in my household i lived with her you know and she was very you know open to everyone um you know god she talked to, she talked to anybody you know and then i had another parental unit who was very um he was racist mm-hmm. and you know i think that a lot of it has to do with education you know my mom was the one who was responsible for my most of my education and she ta- told me you know there there is no different you know there's no no one person is better than another person just because of the color of their skin or from her parents. Cause that's just how they were probably raised. That's just, Oh, how they- exactly. And that's exactly. Well, she, she had the same situation where it was a, a mother who was, you know, even in her time, which she was born in the, you know, my, my mom's mom was born in the twenties. She was very open to all different kinds of people. Whereas her father was also very racist. So oh. it kind of came down that way. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, who's responsible for your education in life. And also, but also what you choose to believe. What you choose to believe. Yeah. Cause when you're, an I adult, could have easily adopted my father's way of thinking, but yeah. you know, yeah, you're an adult. You don't have to think the way you do. I mean, well, yeah. obviously you do, but I mean, it's not your parents, <laughs> it's not your parents' fault if no. you're adults and you can't keep blaming them for like your issue. No, no. The real thing. People, sh- a lot of people should be doing it. Um, yes. I mean, I grew up in a very, um, like, white dominated neighborhood. I mean, I've, I've gone to very diverse schools. I'm from Revere. I was raised there. Um, but I mean, I just grew up like, you know, everyone is, um, I mean, I'm accepting of everybody, mm-hmm. um, but I'm never going to be disrespected. If I feel like I am, I will call it out. I'll never forget. I have to tell you guys a story. My eighth grade graduation, this kid called me the N word and I actually kicked him before we walked across the station. <sighs> anyway, I made his leg bleed with my little kitten heel um good they, for you I did both of us the next day I couldn't like sign my yearbook but I didn't care my nana was like good for you like I was like no one's gonna say that and just get away with it like no I don't feel bad that I made you your leg you should have kicked him twice yeah, I should have <laughs> seriously I think the teacher stopped me but I mean I've had so many experiences like that I mean like you said it's just it's just how you were raised um yeah. my mother grew up here in Boston too during the busing period she's from um Roxbury so they would bus the kids, the African-American okay. kids to Southie. Um, and she had terrible experiences. She, I mean, she doesn't like Southie probably just because of her experiences, but I Don't mean, she her. doesn't have any hardships toward um, 
like like white people. It's just my my mom. She's a very loving person. Mm-hmm. She's probably those specific people she had issues with. I mean, obviously, but that's just how we are. We're open to everybody. My fiance is white. I don't care about who you are. If you treat me with respect and you love me, I will love you. Like I think that's what it all goes back to is respect for one another, mm-hmm. love for one another. And I think just- a big word is empathy. Empathy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a person. Why are you? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's it just blows my mind that, you know, like, like I don't, I just don't understand. But yeah, I mean, having empathy is something that I think and being open minded and having empathy to, to me are like two things that are necessary to like move us forward in this world. Like, with, with even like our political situation going on. And it's like, if there's like, I feel like there's like the empathetic side and then the non empathetic side. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to see outside of your, your own bubble. Yeah, I guess yeah. to like see progress. Like, yeah, like you are part of this world. So you're, you, you know, but there is so much else going on to yeah. every, everybody and everything else in the world yeah. and being and able to step out. have not left their bubble. They stay exactly. in their neighborhoods forever. They stay with their friends from kindergarten. They don't yeah. know anything. They have no life experiences. So as mad as it makes me that people might not, might be extremely racist or like, see me a certain way. I also feel so bad for them because I'm like, you have no life. You have no experiences. You've never been anywhere. Your your life is here. And you're just this like this person that has no no like depth to the world. You don't know what's yeah. going on in the world. And I except I, what I, they see on social media and to your point, yeah. it could be it could be fake. It could be just propaganda. It can be mm. there's no I'm fact checking them. going on. I'm I'm sad for them. I'm very angry about who they are as a person, but mm-hmm. I'm never ever I just refuse to give people energy anymore that just like don't want to learn things or don't want to expand as a person or as an adult. I completely just avoid those type of people and those the people in my life. I mean, if anyone's to ever call me the N-word again, I mean, you'll probably see me in the papers or like <laughs> in the news. Um but because <laughs> they're gonna get a lot meals. more. Than, they're gonna get a lot more with a kick this time. <laughs> it hasn't happened. I'm very tiny. I can't fight anybody. I'm sorry, but the fact that it was with kitten heels that that was the best it was part. Little, of the it heels. I can't. I couldn't walk in heels, but it was. They were so. Hideous. Oh, I mean, no, me neither. I was the same way. I had on like a like a little. At the time it was like those block those see through like Cinderella yeah. block yeah. slipper. Like you the know. jellies, the jewel yeah. jellies. Oh. oh, and my mom had me in these hideous white CVS leggings that did not go with these shoes. I'm like, I remember those. What is this? I look, I'm just so shamed. (laughs) Well, you're very stylish now. And, you know, this has been a a really, you know, educating conversation. Is there anything else that you would want to, that you want to get off, you know, talk about, you pass know, down, pass, pass down, down to get to, get to the, to get to and I know, <laughs> and I know that, you know, one of the things that I saw a lot of was, you know, um, a lot of people were saying, you know, please stop coming to me and asking for me for how I can educate you, Yes, you know, so I feel bad in asking that question. Cause I don't want to look at you and how can you, how more can you educate me? But, you know, this is, we really want people to, um, hear what you have to say mm-hmm. and, and hopefully take, you know, a lesson and maybe start reading a book you yeah. know, on, on it's the issues. It's, I wouldn't say that I would get mad at people for asking me that. Like, I, I don't mind. It's more of just like, 
you know, I can't. Well, I don't, I don't blame them for getting upset. They probably get asked that all the time. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong in getting upset at all. Well, Alexa can't, you know, solve the entire world's problem. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like I said in the beginning too, I'm like, I can't, I can't solve the issues. I can't be your voice no. of reason as a solo black woman here. I can't, I can't give you the, the things that to, like, to do. Right. I, I'm just saying it from my point of view. Um, but also it's just like, like Jesse and you were mentioning, Kate, um, it should be a natural transition. I feel yes. like it just makes me uncomfortable. Like I said, it's just, I don't want to talk about it when you should just be doing it. And I think in the future, we just need to figure out a way to be more inclusive. We need mm-hmm. to, like I said, educate ourselves outside of social media. Um, sometimes like decrease your screen time, just mm. take a walk, meet new people, go on networking sites, read a book, do something. Um, and just, just, not always depend on social to give you the answers um, when the answers can be there for you. If you just try. Sometimes I think to myself, Oh my gosh, what did we do before social media came about? And like, while it's, you know, it can be great, as you said, for, you know, getting some alerts on news. It can also, it can, you know, we've, we've talked about this too, and we are going to be talking about this more um, in depth later on, on the podcast at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be detrimental. Yes. Um, for various reasons. Um, and this, this might actually, this might be one of those circumstances that it can be detrimental, you know, informational yet at the same time detrimental. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful of what you're seeing, um, what you're ingesting yes. um, for news. And I think, I think that you're right about, you know, well, I know that you're right about inclusive inclusivity. It's, I think we, uh, you know, as Jesse said, empathy, I think it's empathy, education, and just being a caring individual, a person, and yeah, realizing that just that's don't be what a dick. we all <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm just that's... gonna be honest. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Jesse, summing it up in a couple words. Sorry, I know, I know, Kate. You're you're like journalism background. I was like, don't say that on the air. No. <laughs> oh, it's very hard. I did. To, um, <laughs> You've done a very good job here because we try to we try to do the no swearing thing just because it it gets us out to more people. Um, And again, we want to get to as many people as possible. We're a small little podcast, but we're working on it. We're working on it. And it's having conversations like this that I hope will, you know, help us, you know, help people to learn and grow. Yeah. Um, Also, this is coming out of totally left field. You also have launched a product that people should find out about base essentials, your turmeric face scrub. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. It was a great quarantine project. I have very sensitive skin. Um, I can't use a lot of things. I used ivory soap my whole life because it's very unscented and plain. Um, Yeah, I can't use any type of scented things. Um, So I needed something to help with my skin. I mean, I was breaking out a lot because I was at home stressed. I was just going through a lot. And um, I I like skincare. And I was like, I like things that I know the ingredients that are in there. And I know that it will work for my skin. It took months to find the right thing because turmeric stains a lot. Yes. <laughs> I've stained a lot of things in my house. Um but sure your I fiance just, love that. Uh you know what? He's okay. <laughs> um, I have I have really dry skin. Would this yeah. is this good for dry skin? It is, yeah. Good. I mean I have dry skin in the winter too. But oh, that's I terrible. If I switch to um a Vaseline lotion mix in the winter helps okay. a lot. Um, All right. if you just need to just have better skin. I mean, I, my hands get really dry in the winter. So I just use oh, it my, my face, my skin, like everything. It's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I was very happy. I sold, um, a few, I mean, obviously it'll take me a while to be close to profitable, but it's just happy to even get that first sale. I was like, wow, people want to buy things for me. (laughs) It's beautiful too. Like the, the actual, like I'm on your, on your website right now. Like I love the, the like look of it and the packaging you've done. It's beautiful. He is, he is a photo retoucher and editor. So he is genius with images. Yeah, but so Jen, even just Jesse like the, does the a lot logo of logo and the label and everything. Oh yeah. yeah, it does. No, you did a great job. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and you have beautiful skin, so who wouldn't want to copy your your? I know you've done some of your stuff. Some, you know, you're really great on Instagram stories. You know, kind of going back into what your your experience as an influencer. We've kind of come full circle here. Yeah. Um, you do a great job on Instagram stories with like sharing your beauty routine. Yeah. Um, oh, I love it. I have oh. no place in my bathroom counter anymore um i just bought organizing same just get rid of things um but i just keep adulting is all about organizing all you do is buy baskets and containers as an adult i have those yeah i just i keep getting pr packages from i i have a a connection with cvs beauty so i'm like please send them (laughs) i will never say Uh, no i think that you need to get your contact at cvs beauty and maybe get face essentials turmeric scrub over there because you know you know, I didn't even think about that because I, I work too much, but thank you for doing that. We're doing a little workshopping here oh, now, yeah. Conver- you know, serious conversation into workshopping the, the newest product. So, <laughs> so Alexa, anything else exciting coming up for you other than wedding? Um, you know, just getting, getting some rest and trying to take more walks. I mean, I can't, I'm not really doing anything, honestly. Um, I'm a except running a blog and working full time and you know planning a wedding and you know launching a face scrub. Okay, that too. I'm a spring summer baby, so I hibernate all winter. Then I bloom, and you'll see me in full me, form. Me too. I love I'm that. Same. I'm the same. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put. I bloom. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Alexa, thank you so, so very much. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this and, you know, about your great new face scrub and about, you know, um, the power of, of social media and why we should be including everyone. Um, and it's, you know, it was, what was interesting to me is that you were also talking about men, not even something I've thought about. And I think it's because we hear so much about, you know, men being in charge of everything. Um, so that's not even something I, that was on my radar. Um, so thank you very much for all your, all your wisdom that you've shared today. Thank you. You make me feel very smart. Well, so now, oh, you are very smart. Um, where can people find out more about you, your work, everything? Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram at alexamj.com and it's D-O-T-C-O-M. And my website is alexamjohnson.com. Um, I create very delicious, uh, recipes. If you want to follow me for some sweet desserts, um, <laughs> I will, <laughs> I know I will. Cause I've been doing nothing but like baking because it's so cold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's no, we- everything looks delicious that I've seen on your, I know you did a lot of that over the, over the holidays and, uh, yeah, it was, I'm recently, I recently went on a, a healthy eating plan, but it is very hard when I look through your your feed. Don't worry, I'm switching to dairy-free vegan dessert soon, so I'm excited. <gasps> awesome. Well, then I'll be I'll be uh, making it and sharing it on my IG stories and tagging you. So thank you so much, Alexa. It's been wonderful chatting with you, and it's good to see you again. Yes, thank you, and so nice meeting you. You too, guys. Thanks. 
It was really nice to see Alexa again. I haven't seen her in a while. I met her a couple years ago um, at an event I think I mentioned. And um, what I love about her is that she's she tells it like it is, but she's kind about right, it. You know? Right, right. Yeah, no, she. I, I kind of get, I, it was my first time meeting her. So yeah. um, I know you guys had connected in the past. And, mm-hmm. and I, I got that from her that, you know, she really wants to not sugarcoat it but she's also not um i think you know the sense i got from her was that you know she can't be the voice for everybody and i Mm -hmm. think that's something when the black lives matter movement really you know was was big in the last year and has continued to to you know move forward is you know relying on the black community to to be the voice where everybody has to be the voice and i think she was feeling that in her own personal um journey you know people yeah. coming to her asking you know what is the right thing to do what should we yeah. do how do we handle this and and so that's that's i think um something that i took away from yep. from her and and you know was a little bit more eye opening for me and- and, you know, our interview is is kind of far from perfect from her because she said that. And then I was like, so how can we do better? <laughs> I know. And, uh, and that's and that's and she didn't shy away from answering that either. No. She, well, she, but she was also, you know, open about how, well, this is how I think. But right. Right. I'm not I'm not the final word. And that's true. And I don't think anyone is the final word. You know, she obviously knows more about the situation. You know, we're we are two white women. We've never experienced that kind of prejudice. We've never had to, you know, we we have white privilege, essentially. Exactly. You know, um, you know, neither one of us are on the the, you know, we're not neither one of us are rich necessarily, but we still we've never had to worry about, you know, getting into a car and having a cop pull us over and being afraid of anything, you know, weird no, happening exactly. like that. Exactly. So, you know, in terms of her knowing what's going on, she does. What was most interesting to me because, you know, we had kind of framed this episode as Black Lives Matter movement in relation to social media, because obviously that was where a lot of information was being shared. It was most interesting to me how she said that it may not be the best place to talk about the movement. Right. Right. You know, and it's totally true because there's there's no fact checking. There's, there's no fact checking. There's a lot of information that's getting spread um, mm-hmm. that's not true or uh, not tr- fully accurate. And the other thing is, you know, there's so many different personalities on social yes. media that, you know, it, it 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 just sometimes isn't the best platform to engage with others. Right. So I loved how she was, you know, took it more on like a personal onus to like, mm-hmm. you know, listen to stories, um, yeah. read be educated, read some, mm-hmm. read stories, listen to stories, yeah. read stories. Um, but one thing that I, you know, thought about was this idea of like leadership and how a lot of companies and, you know, mm-hmm. the reason I thought about this is my husband's company, um, you know, there has to be this top down approach. And I think, you know, as it related to Alexa's experience and working for a company and, you know, people asking her, well, what do we do? She's like, she's not top man, you know, she's not at the top yet. It's not her job to figure out how to fix the entire company's values or the entire company's, you know, pillars and goals and the, the shift to being more inclusive and, it's mm-hmm. not so for yeah. me 
as a business owner myself, really Mm -hmm. understanding what my values are and how do I interject that into pretty much everything I do so that it eventually moves us in the right direction. I think when you're in a corporate environment, having it come from the top down is going to be extremely valuable and important. But I don't think we can we can ignore that if enough people do, just like we saw last year with the Black Lives Matter movement, if you have enough people that are willing to stand up and mm-hmm. say this isn't right, you know, hopefully that top exactly. level management will will take heed of that because that's the only way we're I mean, you can yell and shout as much as you'd like, but it's only going to help if people listen. And I think essentially, you know, that's one of the things I was getting with her when she was saying social media isn't necessarily the best place to have the conversation. Maybe it's not the best place to have a conversation, but maybe it's a great place to have like a a springboard. So, you know, here we are, we're trying to amplify black um, and my other minority voices, take that and then take it into a conversation that you have. There's, I mean, let's face it, nothing is going to beat a good old fashioned conversation. You know, that's where you get people's emotions. That's where you can hear their tone of voice. Sometimes, sometimes, let's face it, sometimes people don't sound like themselves when they Mm -hmm. write. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like you ever get that friend that texts you something and you have no idea if they're excited or not because, because, you know, sometimes just taking that, that information and then taking it into a conversation and having that, that real conversation, I think is, is what's going to make all the difference because it's all about connection. Um, and I think that's how we're going to be more inclusive. I think we all should read a little bit more. Even with the pandemic, I haven't been reading as much as I should. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and also don't always depend on social media for the answers because, as we all know, no fact checking at all. I, I agree. I agree. I, well, thank you to Alexa. Congratulations again on your engagement. Mm-hmm. That's really that exci- what great exciting. news to come out of last year. Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com and you can make sure to join our Facebook group, um, the Cocktails and Content Creation community, and leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you would like us to talk about. You can check out Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionlykate and co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. If you're a brand photographer looking to get into brand photography, you can follow the brand photographer method on Instagram as well. Uh, make sure to tune on next time because we are going to be discussing all things brand photography. So I cannot featuring, wait. Featuring details on my own course, The Brand Photographer Method. I hope you'll check it out because I think it'll be helpful not only for photographers considering the jump into brand photography, but also we're going to be peeling back the curtain on the shoe process for business owners wondering just what the heck brand photography is and how it can benefit their own business and brand. And let me let you in on a secret. It can hugely benefit your brand. Woohoo! Um, but until then, cheers to your next cocktail and happy content creating.